Hello, and welcome to the show Gold Squadron Gays. It's the podcast where two Star Wars-loving gays break down each episode of their favorite Star Wars TV shows while also being gay as hell. I'm your host, Bradley Brower. I'm your other host, Charles Rogers, and uh, I promise to not look at Twitter for the duration of recording this episode. <laughs> it's going to be really hard. I'm actually... I'm turning my phone upside down uh, so okay. I can't actually see notifications that come through. I'm going to try to focus for roughly 30 to 45 minutes on this episode of Star Wars. Okay, great. <laughs> I know it's going to be hard to do. <laughs> it's going to be so hard to do. For context, we, we are recording this episode Saturday morning. It is, well, Saturday morning, my time. It's Saturday afternoon, Bradley's time. Day two of Star Wars Celebration is, is in the middle of wrapping up. And I woke up this morning to just a deluge of stuff. <laughs> I, at time of recording, I haven't been able to check half of my social media just because there's so much to go through right now. Yeah. Insane. But we won't be talking about that today. No, we can't. I mean, it, it would. this would be a three-hour podcast if we, we physically had combined. Can't. Yeah, it would just never we work. We physically can't. It would be, <laughs> it would be like 55 minutes of celebration news and then... Oh yeah, uh, also the oh, Bad yeah. Batch concluded recently. Uh, <laughs> now I will say there is supposed to be a Bad Batch panel, I think, tomorrow? See, I was gonna debate whether or not we were sh- we should have recorded this today, because what if they announce something, but I mean... They probably will announce something. If they yeah. do announce something, the editing gods may drop something in the middle here. There you to go. To say what I... it was they announced. And moving back to season two of The Bad Batch from whatever <laughs> it was that was just there. Season two. Uh, this is our retrospective episode. I'm I'm a little I'm a little off because the celebration news has unbalanced me, but we're gonna focus and we're gonna get this done. Bradley, you wanna take us into our uh The Bad Batch season two retrospective? Yeah, so I guess we can just start off by um, talking about, well, I don't know. Do you want to do like what we got right and what we got wrong <laughs> of this season? Because uh, we were pretty, I think we were pretty spot on. We I'm were pretty sure. spot on. I, did, I, I didn't have a chance to listen to our old episode. Okay. Uh, but just remembering off the top of my head, uh, I know that I got Sid betraying them wrong. Mm, I know that okay. we got Plan 99 being somebody uh, sacrifices themselves. Somebody right. dying, right? Okay. These are the things I remember. I can't remember if we called Tech dying or not. I think we thought it might end up being Echo and not Tech. Yeah, I think, I think that we was, it what was we Echo. Were. Yeah, I think that was kind of more because he's not technically a part of the Bad Batch. So I think that's why we were like, oh, well, in a sense, he's expendable because he's a red right. so that's why we thought but right little did we know little did we know <laughs> yeah i think uh i think we got a decent number of things right but i don't think it was it was that much we definitely call, didn't call things like dr hemlock we definitely didn't call things like um that old thing on Ariadu. like all that came out of nowhere and then yeah. some of the stuff was like stuff that was going to be in the trailers like i thought rampart was going to be the villain the whole season i didn't think Same. they were going to yeah. casually get rid of him in episode eight and replace him with a totally different villain right which was weird of them to do i mean well i wouldn't say it's weird i would just say that it it's definitely a choice to just kind of up and change your villain halfway through 
it is a choice to do that mid-season. Like, that's the thing you do <laughs> yeah. between seasons. Like, right. season two ends with Rampart being disgraced and removed from power. And now uh, season three opens with Dr. Hemlock. But they did it in the middle of the season. Yeah, I, I guess it's because we figure... I get We did talk about this a little bit when we were do, getting to that halfway point, which was this was the halfway point of the series. Right. My and, theory is it's only yeah. going to be three seasons that that they've had their Empire Strikes Back right. cliffhanger ending and they're going to do one more season of this and then the animation's going to move on to something else. I agree. I think it's time. And also, I think the story has almost run its course. I mean, I don't really know like what they've set up in season one of like, you know, the Empire is kind of taking over. I, there's not really much more you can do with that other than we're on the run constantly. Like, I don't know what else they, they can do. They kind of ended that with the truth and consequences episode. That was sort of the finale of what was initially set up all the way back in Aftermath right. was, um, by which I mean the episode, not the book, was that, oh, the clone, what are the clone troopers going to be now? And the two-part Coruscant episodes, which may be my favorite episodes of the season, mm-hmm. Like, they were so good. Really dealt with that and brought it to a resolution with the announcement of the Imperial Stormtrooper program. So that's kind of dealt with. Like, we've resolved that arc. And now it's like, what's going to happen to the clones now that they're no longer soldiers anymore? With all this that's happening on Mount Tantus and then the potential of a clone uprising. And we know from Rebels that Rex and Wolf and Gregor are going to end up in an ATTE in the middle of a desolate planet fishing. (laughs) Right. In the sand. So the question being, how does Rex get from what he's doing now, which is trying to rescue clones, to being alone on a planet with two of them? And we haven't even seen Wolf yet. Right. So I'm wondering if he introduces him in season three or they introduce him in season three to kind of be like, yeah, he's like, hey, this is how we meet him. And then now they're all three together kind of thing. I think that's definitely where they're going with at least Rex's storyline, because you got to connect it. They introduced Gregor in season one, which was a nice surprise. And then he showed up briefly in this season. And then, yeah, they haven't brought in Wolf yet. So I'm not predicting a happy ending for this show. (laughs) I'm predicting a very not happy ending for this show. Yeah, I mean, I guess the way it looks like it to me, the way that they're going is that the clones never are going to have a happy ending because that's literally the nature of the the saga so far. Um, No one gets a happy ending in Star Wars. Right. But I feel like they will wrap it up, at least with Omega's story. She'll have a little bit more of a positive outlook for her kind of arc. I don't know about the rest of them, but I mean, she here's a question. Uh, What the fuck do we think is going on with Omega? Yeah, I I, I, because I know you did want to cover this. What the fuck do we think is going on? I don't know what they're doing. I'm (laughs) genuinely baffled. I feel like we're pretty good at picking apart storyline or like kind of figuring out where the characters stories are going. And there's something about Omega that they have just stumped me. Like what the story is going to be. The the best, best thing I can come up with is that, yeah, she might be Django's biological kid, like not a clone. Yeah, I don't know. Like her records were altered, but I really don't want them to go with the whole records were altered thing because that would feel like there's a, I'm going to reference it and I'm sorry. There's a scene in, I think it's Family Guy uh, that makes fun of this Uh where um, somebody like it's a scene where people are presented options and then turns out to be like a secret fourth option or whatever and one of the characters 
the one who's presenting the options is like, aha, you see, I tricked you. And one of the other characters goes, that wasn't a trick. You just lied to us. <laughs> right, right, right. That's not good storytelling. You just lied. You're to just us. lying. So yeah. I kind of hope it turns out that her records like because tech also runs like, well, it can't be that because tech runs her DNA back in season one. Right. It's not that like, he accesses a... records. He says she is a clone of Django. So I, I don't get it. I don't get what's going. Is Emery a clone? And if that case, if Emery is a clone whose goddamn white baby is that why does she have blonde hair what is going on here i'm so I, I like the idea that i don't know how this happened but maybe it did i mean i guess it would make somewhat sense it's definitely possible i feel like i i like the storyline or the idea that emery carr is the biological daughter oh, of Django you Fett. think they're flip yeah you think emery's the biological daughter 100 percent I think that Omega might be a clone of Emery Carr and not a clone oh, of Django. Does that make interesting. sense? That's interesting. Because that's the only way she could be a clone and be biologically female because it just doesn't like because that's not how cloning works. So I don't know how. Unless, unless she's trans, which I really I wish they would go that route, but they yeah. probably won't, which is the problem, which is why well, yeah. I can't dismiss that offhand as being like, well, she's trans. Yeah. I wish they'd confirm it, but they won't because they won't. they're yeah. cowards. Uh, yeah, I love the idea that Emery Carr. Yeah, because Emery Carr would be about if she's in her late teens, she'd be about the same age as Boba Fett. Right. And she would be quote unquote unaltered in a sense like she would she has a natural growth pattern of a human. So, yeah, I, I would assume it doesn't make it's not outside of the possibility that Django could have sired an actual child with some random woman. But, you know, he is kind of a bounty hunter well, scoundrel person. Right. So here's also a thought because we had a theory back in around season one. We had a theory that Django never knew Omega existed. Right. My theory is now that we know from the Mandalorian how strand casting works, uh, that, that you can actually go in and you can mix and match traits. Um, I wonder if they went in and mix and matched some of Django's. Mm -hmm. uh, and then Omega was just kind of there and they passed Omega off. Like the Kaminoans had a secret, wanted their own secret source of Django Fett DNA, uh, but they mm. didn't want Django to know about it for reasons. So they like went in and messed with the hair color and right. switched uh, the gender over. And then we're like, oh no, this, this kid, this kid is totally not a clone this is an actual child that uh we have found randomly on our planet with no human people except for you can't believe this fortuitous coincidence i just thought of something else randomly what if she's not the daughter of jango fett what if she is the biological sister of jango fett Ooh. so she jango is not an only child therefore she just has similar if not if she what if she's just a twin of jango i mean maybe she's older she than she a, looks but are you talking about emory or omega emory okay so maybe Emery Carr is like a biological sister of Django. Then, oh, that's interesting. Because then, I mean, we don't know how old Emery Carr is. They didn't. They have not confirmed she, she could be any. She looks about age, in her early twenties, I would say. Oh so no, I, I think could, she's definitely. I young, could push yeah. it and say she's in her late teens. Yeah. Uh, but late teens, early twenties is about where I would I would say she probably is. Yeah, she's definitely a young adult. I. I'm not sure, but I mean, it's just a thought, like possibly a sister of Django's because we we don't really know much about 
Django canonically, I guess, right? Other than like not a legend whole stuff. lot. Yeah, Legends had this whole big backstory for him, and we haven't got a lot of that in canon. Uh, they right. haven't really gone back. A lot of it was explored. Uh, in Legends in the Bounty Hunter game. And then uh, they did some tie-in material around the Bounty Hunter game, uh, like revealing why was his ship named the Jester Mareel? Uh, why is, you know, all of this like this? Uh, but they haven't really done that for canon. Uh, we've got a few Django short stories, but I don't think there's any that I've read, comics or short stories or what have you, uh, that set before uh, he has Boba. Mm. So before the Phantom Menace. So... Moving on from the the Boba family. <laughs> yeah, the Fett family, whatever the, the fuck Fet, is the, going on the Fet, there. The, the Fett family, uh, the science Fett family. But kind of not moving on. I'm ta- Let's talk about characters that may or may not show up in season three. Uh, Boba Fett? I, I think that's an easy one to kind of dismiss. Only because it seems obvious. But I also think like it might serve a purpose. I just don't see how it fits in with the story if he were to show up. I just, you know what I mean? But it's possible because he it's is possible. the brother of... I think Boba Fett is possible. I think Commander Wolf is likely. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that um, either Cad Bane or Fennec Shand making a return is I very I was going to bring them up. Yeah, I was going to bring them up because they didn't show One up of those this season. Two. Which yeah. I thought was weird. But also, there's a random character that was in season one that they introduced and built up a little bit and then didn't do anything with. And I feel like that person needs to show up, which, which is character the Roland character. Oh, yeah. Roland Durand. Uh, yeah, that guy. I keep forgetting that episode existed. Um, <laughs> Roland will probably see. Benny will probably see. Right. From uh, the, the episode this season. Those would be my best guesses for characters that are going to show up again outside of like the main. Right. Yeah, because I'm thinking like maybe possibly a Sid redemption arc in the next season. I think that's and, definitely you know, coming. Maybe he pops that's up and helps her coming. out or something. Yeah, uh, that's my that's my theory for returning characters, at least. I mean, because it's Star Wars, you, you're going to have a redemption <laughs> arc. Um, of course. I, I just read uh, The High Republic Phase 2's Cataclysm, and not to spoil, uh, but I feel a perfectly normal way about how redemption arcs are handled in that book. And by a perfectly normal way, I mean I am screaming, I am crying, I am throwing things at the wall, <laughs> I am vibrating out of existence. Guys, <laughs> Phase 2 is really good. It's not quite as good as Phase 1, but it's really good. I love that. Yeah, I think... We'll we'll get the the main characters turning Sid, Doctor Hemlock, Emery Carr, Bad Batch, Omega. Yeah, and then uh, I I hope next season two that Crosshair is more of a presence uh, than just two episodes randomly, uh, like he was this season. I hope he's truly like like in the show. Now. Two and a half. He got he got some good got moments. Some, you're right. He in, got some screen time. Um, oh, what was it? Uh, Tipping point. We right. had some good moments in tipping point. You know, you know who's my wildest thing that I would like to see turn up in the Bad Batch? Eli Vanto. Why would Vanto show up? Because he's a logistics batch. officer. Throw him on a random planet or something. <laughs> it would be interesting if they went to his planet. Yeah, Lysatra. That would be interesting because it's like a little backwatery. So that would be interesting. I actually know that name, not because of Eli Vanto, uh, mm. but because Jess's character on For Light and Dice, uh, Lysander Albrecht, is from Lysatra. Uh, 
So I now associate Lysatro with Lysander and not with Eli Vanto, even though canonically yeah, that's the name of the planet that Eli Vanto comes from. Right. I, I think that's a random choice. Uh, <laughs> I, I like it. Uh, I don't know if it fits in the story of a clone uprising, but you know what? I'm going to take, I'm going to write it down now. You said it uh, in this, Look, in this, this day. This is and the cameo show anyway. Give me the cameo I want. That's true. They and we are reaching said, the end. We are. And they just said at the celebration panel that like, apparently Dave Filoni has remembered that other writers exist. So he and John mm. Favreau have talked to Timothy Zahn about what they're going, what they're going to do. So like Eli Vanto in more things, please. Would it, do you think that possibly Thrawn could show up in the Bad Batch? I think that's unlikely. I think that's highly unlikely, given where he is and what he's doing at this point. Got it. Because I, I don't think he, I think he's still, he's still over in the Ascendancy doing the Ascendancy books. Oh, that's happening simultaneously with Bad Batch. I want to say some of the Thrawn girlies can tell me about how long, because I know spoilers for Chaos Rising. Uh, skip ahead about 30 seconds if you don't want to hear it. Um, Chaos Rising does turn out to be happening at the same time as the Thrawn Alliance's flashbacks. Uh, so I'm wondering how much time takes place in uh, Greater Good and Lesser Evil, where, because um, either he's either he's he's in the Ascendancy right now or he's on that random planet where he gets exiled. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, I don't know. It would be random if they met him or they went to that planet randomly before the Empire shows up. But I think that would kind of disrupt his whole plan of being on the planet and like the whole thing. So I don't know if that works out, but mm. it seems a little messy. So maybe not. I'm not sure who else could appear in, in season three. Uh, I'm just curious where they're going to go with season three. I think it's probably going to be clone uprising and we're going to resolve all of the character arcs because I'll bet you season three is going to be the final season, which again, at time of recording, the Bad Batch channel has not happened yet. So we do right. not know whether or for not sure. it's been renewed for a season three, whether season three is going to be the final season, what's going on with it. Yeah, because I guess, I mean, it seems obvious, but then again, it is Star Wars, so you never know. These, you know, they could be like, oh, there's no season three, and then we'll do a comic book run instead, or we'll do a book series, or we'll do a live action TV show, or we'll do a movie. Like, they don't know anymore, so I, I guess... Oh, I guess that's an interesting thought. I know somebody's brought up the idea of doing an like an actual animated movie versus doing like a series moving forward. Do you think that's something that is possible, like a, a Bad Batch movie to tie up three seasons or something? It's it's possible, but I doubt it mm -hmm. just because uh, the lead time on animation, the lead time on animation. And because that's yeah. not Bad Batch isn't getting the same like like them announcing I promise we will not spend the whole time talking about celebration stuff. Them announcing the fact that the Mando stuff is all culminating in a movie. Um, that's one thing because Mando is big in the cultural consciousness. Like people can be reasonably expected to have seen the Mandalorian. You know what the Mandalorian is. If you are not a Star Wars fan, you know what the Mandalorian is. You have seen a Grogu. Right. You know what's going on there. Bad Batch, not so much. And I did check it as Monday. Uh, Monday, uh, okay, April so, 10th. So when you're hearing this, they've already announced so whether when you're or not hearing there's this, a season They've three. already announced whether or not there's a season three, and we will have <laughs> to figure out what we're going to do about... We'll figure it out. We're fine. Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, I... I, I kind of, I'll have to admit, this season, I was good. I actually think this was better than season one. However, I'm kind of over Bad Batch, personally. I, I, it doesn't give me the same 
kind of joy that Mandalorian gives me or really any of the other Star Wars stuff right now. Um, I honestly, I'm even more excited to read books that have come out three or four years ago. And that's saying something for me because, you know, I don't listen to books that often or even care that much. And I, they excite me more than the show does. Yeah, I think for me, my my issue with how I've been approaching the Bad Batch is that the Bad Batch has never to me felt like its own thing. Mm hmm. It's never felt like it's something that's new and fresh and exciting to me. It's felt like something that is a continuation of the Clone Wars. It's just, do you want more Clone Wars? Here's more Clone Wars. Everything from the animation style to wrapping right. up plot points from the Clone Wars that never got addressed to just how, yeah, it's it's a bunch of the same characters and stuff from Clone Wars. Like, So for me, I like watching The Bad Batch every week. I get really excited to watch it, but I'm never expecting to see anything new. I'm expecting to see more more of the same it's exactly the same thing as watching like going back and watching the clone wars again or you know finding a new comic with the clone wars people in it it's it's just going to be more of the same and i'm fine with that i don't need everything to be fresh and new and revolutionary i loved obi-wan kenobi and that was basically just did you like the prequels here's more right. prequels but <laughs> yeah. for me yeah bad batch i never go into bad batch thinking wow this is going to be something exciting and new i don't think they've really branched it into something thing that has its own identity yeah. until after truth and consequences this season back half of this season was wild yeah it was insane it was so good and i liked the first half but i remember you and i were down on a lot of the episodes in the first half we were down on the the two-part sereno arc we were mm -hmm. you know kind of down a little bit on like faster although we had hoped to to keep the the morale up but i remember you and i were just sort of yeah these episodes are there yeah and then um and then the second half of the season I was like what is going on this is crazy i love this yeah clone conspiracy really i mean tribe was good i think because you know who doesn't love wookies but clone conspiracy really popped off like that's when they were like hey do you want like the actual second half of this season like we're gonna start a whole new story yeah. like here and it would say well clone conspiracy and truth and consequences did a good job of wrapping up some of the stuff that they had set up since aftermath and wrapping up sort of the clone wars of it all and having palpatine be the one to wrap all of that up was a great choice right. i loved that and then the second half it began to move into the identity that the show is going to be which is this show about you know what happens to the clones after they are phased out because the empire clearly wants to use them for its own purposes so Agreed. that i have nothing else on it at that point uh how do you want to end this episode bradley do you do you want to do do you want to do final thoughts on the season overall yeah let's, let's do, do final that. let's do final thoughts on the season overall uh so bradley we'll start with you overall thoughts on season two of the bad batch what did you like what did you not like where did you land i thought it was a it was a good season. I think it was much better than season one. I mean, if I were to like give rankings to all the episodes of like season one and then rankings of like one through five or something like that, and then try to rank season two, I think season two would win. I'm pretty sure I, I would definitely need to go back and check because I'm looking at the list of season one episodes. And I mean, obviously, like the, the Ryloth arc and stuff like that, I liked a lot, you know, so stuff like that I liked. Uh, but then like with this season, I really, really like 
liked Fee. I thought she was a great addition to the show. Um, I really liked the Tribe episode. I thought it was cute with the Wookiees and stuff like that. And Gunji coming back was nice. Clone Conspiracy and Truth and Consequences, you know, you know, that stuff was really good because it's it really popped off the season. I, for me, that was kind of more of the start of the season. And then, yeah, the, the back half of the season was really, I think, much stronger and emotionally stronger as well, um, especially with the Crosshair stuff. This season was really good. Overall, I mean, I would give it a B plus. I, I think it was a pretty decent season. I think that the show episodes, at least, have become stronger than last season's. The standalone ones, especially, they just last season they just did not feel cohesive to the season as much. Versus now, they they still kind of feel like one off episodic, kind of like you know, like oh yeah, let's go do this this week but they still were they had something to say this you know which was better and then i think overall i'm i like where the story is going i have no idea where it's going i just like it yeah i think that they are building to something i just don't know what it is especially with you know the little tease at the end of you know this new clone possibly clone character so you know we'll see what about you yeah i I agree on a lot of points. I would also give the show B+. Um, I thought this season was... I think the first half of it struggled a lot uh, to find its identity. And there was a lot of one-offs that were more about introducing characters and setting up world state than they were about advancing those plots necessarily or advancing those characters. I think all of the episodes, looking back, all of the episodes did turn out to be necessary. Uh, I'm glad all of them were there. Uh, This season is structured a lot better than season one was. The characters were also allowed to make bolder choices than they were in season one. I like how the, the status quo got an absolute fucking hammer taken to it. And not even really at the end. It got an absolute fucking hammer taken to it like midway through the season. And they were like, oh, you thought there was going to be a a status quo here? No, no, there's not. I really like that. I like the direction they're going with the characters. Uh, I think they're, I think it's very interesting. I am at least invested in finding out what happens. Now I'm questioning whether or not I'm, I'm invested because I actually care what happens to the characters or because I just want to know the answer to the mystery. That's a question that I'm going to have to grapple with. Um, but overall, I, I thought this season was a marked improvement on season one. I thought season one was, was good. This season has upgraded to, uh, pretty good. Uh, so yeah, overall, I'm leaving very positive feelings. Uh, I think it says a lot that I was delighted that everyone was posting, busy posting Mando spoilers and people weren't spoiling the Bad Batch, um, right? which was uh, a very awful thing to think, but I was like, oh yeah, I am sort of happy (laughs) that, uh, some of these episodes because I didn't get to watch them until I got home. So yeah, overall, I'm I'm pretty happy with the season. Uh, I thought it was pretty good. I thought we would end by saying our least favorite episode of the season and our favorite episode of the season. Okay, I like that. Yeah, and uh, since I've I've sprung that on you, Bradley, uh, would you like me to go first? Yeah, go first so I can look at them real quick. So I can. All decide. right. So my least favorite episode of the season. And it's like saying it's my least favorite uh, sandwich. It's still a sandwich. It's a functional sandwich that works. uh, And it's a necessary part of the meal. But I do have to say on its own, I'm going to say my least favorite is probably Entombed. That's what I'm going to go with. Uh, I think it it ranks slightly below uh, Metamorphosis for me. Uh, just because I also 
I wasn't a big fan of, of Metamorphosis in hindsight, um, since I felt like the Batch didn't get to do a whole lot in that one either, like as far as character choices and things. But there is that one scene from Metamorphosis where everybody has the wonderful little character reactions. Uh, so yeah, I think Entombed was a fun episode. It was probably the one I felt that had the least character development for the Batch. It was really about introducing Fee, and Fee doesn't even develop really that much. It's mainly just here's who Fee is as a person. Uh, my favorite episode of the season uh fuck me this one's hard oh this one's hard uh i do think my top episode is going to be the summit i think it it ekes out over clone conspiracy and truth and consequences just barely only because the summit is so fun to watch like just a really good solid heist episode uh steven stanton is here as tarkin to be evil they had that great little conversation at the table everybody gets something to do during the heist absolutely it was absolutely fantastic i i think i'm gonna rank for now i'm gonna rank that episode as the top of the season although it might change it the clone conspiracy might rise above it two hours from now it changes what about you bradley now that i've vamped for time <laughs> so I, w- I was looking back at them i i agree with you with entombed i think that was my least favorite funny enough fee is kind of one of my favorite characters but it you're like you said she doesn't really do anything or she doesn't have a lot of growth in that episode so it's kind of a waste to have her be the focus because she doesn't do much i still love her and i think she's a great character i think she gets a lot better towards the end especially you know with like the pabu stuff and kind of being like look i have a life outside of being kind of a pirate queen essentially and i i just yeah i just did not care for that one at as much i will say it, it's it's barely i for me it ekes a little bit over faster but i'm not really a tech girly so i don't necessarily like care about the faster episode as much as some people hope but i <laughs> shout out shout out to hope we we hope you are well after that right. finale even though i know you are not <laughs> probably destroyed however i think my i think see with the one i like the most is interesting because I really enjoyed like the outpost because I just I like crosshair episodes. I think like that character is, that is really a good. Really good episode. I, I I don't know if I really like that one. I also really enjoyed tribe, not because it was a good episode per se, but just because I think that like it was fun episode. So it's hard to say like what I think the best episode is. I'm gonna go with outpost only because I feel like it was a turning point for Crosshair's character arc. And I like that they finally got there with it and that was what I wanted to see with that character and I've been waiting for so I'm gonna say Outpost was my favorite awesome well just as a quick reminder for everyone here's how the next few weeks are going to work so next week we will be doing Mando season three episode zero that episode was recorded damn near two months ago (laughs) little did we know a month and a half ago before the show aired so we will we will remind you at the top of that episode that episode actually was recorded right before either of us had ever seen Mando. So it will be a what were our thoughts going into Mando without having seen any of it. After that, we will begin our Mando Season 3 coverage. Uh, We've got some really cool guests lined up for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to take it a little easy and have fun with that just because we're not having to cover that week to week as it comes out, which is very exciting. After that, Bradley, do we want to talk about after that? Yeah, let's talk about afters. We now know that Ahsoka is coming out in August. We found that out yesterday as of recording. So our Mando coverage, by my count... 
Okay, so here's the definitive thing how it's gonna go. So okay. far. Uh, so start like you said, we're gonna start Mando next week. Uh, this will be during the week of the finale, so it'll be a nice big like kind of oh what we thought was gonna happen. I don't know what's gonna happen because the finale is that week. Then we'll do our coverage. Here were our predictions, and then you will be able right. to watch the finale on Wednesday. We'll do that for eight. Uh, eight weeks and then we'll have a recap episode in june in between the end of june and the month of july and we don't know when in august ahsoka is going to air but in between that time we were thinking of doing visions season one we're probably going to squeeze that in throughout that month because we had done vision season one with season two dropping at some point this year i'm i don't remember off the top of my head we do we did feel like one episode where we just went through the highlights the first vision season wasn't quite enough in retrospect right uh so we are gonna we may do you know two two shorts per episode or we may do two episodes per week it really just depends on on when we can figure out how to fill the time between that and ahsoka and we have everything planned up through ahsoka is where we're going with this show for the rest of the summer so you can stick around for mando season three then vision season one we will do uh we're going to take those a little bit slower and then it'll lead into ahsoka and who knows what we're going to do after ahsoka right because you know maybe they'll let us know when the skeleton crew comes and that can help plan out whether or not we can squeeze in possibly vision season Season two two. in between ahsoka and skeleton crew it just depends on when they feel like dropping all this stuff we don't really know we'll keep you updated as always and i will say uh as far as thinking about future things because we have a little time to do that i am going to say right up front that there are going to be some changes around here uh as we go through mando and visions probably the biggest is within a couple of weeks what i think we're going to do is we're going to either pause or slow down the animated tiktoks so if you follow us on tiktok and you see the animations uh we are revisiting some of that and we are also looking into additional stuff that we can do for the youtube channel and other things so definitely keep an eye on our social media especially on our twitter and our instagram and our TikTok, uh, where you can find us on Twitter at Gold Squad Gaze, and you can find us on TikTok and Instagram at Gold Squadron Gaze. Keep an eye on that uh, because we're not 100% sure what changes we're going to be making, uh, but we are going to be making some changes. So that's going to be the best way to stay ahead of what those changes are as we move the brand through uh, 2023 and into 2024, the dopest year in Star Wars. <laughs> Alrighty, well, that's all we have for the Bad Batch Season 2. It was pretty good. Can't wait for Season 3. In 2025, probably. <laughs> probably. Yeah, now that I think about mean. it. Okay. Yeah. Well, I guess, Bradley, just go ahead and run the socials. Thank you for listening to Gold Squadron Gaze. Did Charles fuck something up? Send us a message at goldsquadrongaze at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Gold Squad Gaze. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Gold Squadron Gaze. Subscribe to us on YouTube at Gold Squadron Gaze, where we post the podcast as well as exclusive content. Please join us next week and every week for more of Gold Squadron Gaze. Uh, Yuri Lowenthal's pause, character. Pause, 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 pause. You are bouncing and hitting the mic constantly. Sorry. Where do you want me to come in again? <laughs>